listening to a Vita Foods Insights podcast with Jade Mitchell Ross. Part of the Vita Foods Insights series on Healthy Insider and brought to you by Vita Foods. Hello and welcome to the Vita Foods Insights podcast. I'm Jade Mitchell Ross and today we're joined by Brian Appel, Market Development Manager at OmniActive Health Technologies, to discuss sustainability. Brian, welcome. Thanks, Jade. Good to be here. For any company relying on a global supply chain, the risks facing suppliers on a local level can have a domino effect until damage lands on the CEO's desk, which could result in having to raise prices or even reputational damage. And in an increasingly global marketplace, how can businesses ensure the supply chains are resilient to the many risks posed by climate change and the possibilities of unethical practices in factories far from head office? You know, I think it's important uh, for any company to really recognize first that the supply chain is really an extension of the overall company and the objectives of that company's growth and scalability. You know, I think in the past, it's the supply chain has always been kind of this, you know, redheaded stepchild where it was just uh, mechanisms of manufacturing and distribution. And now what we're seeing within, you know, the global framework is that the supply chain is becoming so, so globalized that companies have real opportunities to really look at this as part of as as a separate division or department of their company where they can have some real impact uh, from an environmental or uh, a a, an economic level for the people who are involved in that supply chain so i think if we if you recognize that if you recognize this that that then the supply chain becomes much more of a of a plays a, a big role within the corporate social responsibility strategy of any company. And that the conditions around a supply chain, whether it's labor, labor conditions or fair trade or manufacturing, whatever that is, um, becomes the responsibility of that, that company. So it's never, it's not enough anymore just for a company to say, hey, that's not our company doing that. They have to really encompass this whole strategy that really plays a role in the overall sustainability um, initiatives of that company. And I think a lot of companies recognize this and and I think they're actively qualifying their vendors and establishing guidelines and best practices uh, that must be adhered to if those vendors and suppliers want to do business with them. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Jade, uh, here at OmniActive, you know, we, we've been audited and we're certified uh, ISO and uh, OHSAS uh, which mm-hmm. recognizes that we've met the standards that address occupational health, safety, uh, as well as mi- you know minimizing our impact on the environment. And that's within our company itself, but we've also looked outside of that, and we've set up auditing programs and qualification programs for vendors and suppliers that we deal with to make sure that they're meeting the safety requirements and standards that we would expect uh, from our own company uh, to be doing. Okay, so um, from the very top all the way down to the original ingredient. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, like I said, I think it's it starts with the recognition from all these companies, any company, that really this is part of the business and the business model. And the supply chain, as big of a role it plays in the economic impact of a company, it also plays a role in, in impacting local economies and the people within that supply chain. 
I'd like to ask then, do you think that sustainability should be required for um, GMPs, for good manufacturing practices? I, I think it's a great idea in theory. Mm. I, I would find it a little difficult, to be honest with you, to uh, implement some type of GMP. In my opinion, I think it would be difficult to implement, implement some type of standard GMP for sustainability only because there's such diversity and variability within supply chains and manufacturing. Mm -hmm. uh, but that being said, I, I think just by the nature of the, of the industry we're in, there's a lot of companies, uh, many companies that are already doing this. They're already looking at their supply chain and they're already looking at, at it from a business case, whether just for the efficiencies of it or for the consumer perceptions. So, I don't think it's necessary to implement it. Uh, I think we're already on a path of of creating a more sustainable supply chains. And do um, you know government policies pay, play into stuff like that? I mean, you've got the Paris Agreement. Are we going to start seeing that filtering down into business? Possibly. I, I mean, I, I don't think as a policy, it, I don't think policy necessarily would turn into a regulation or any mm -hmm. type of, as I said, a GMP. I think. They're good practices and they're ideas that as a company or as an industry we look at and we say this just base it makes sense to really want to initiate or use these types of policies um, to create more of a better uh, better world. I mean you know, I'm I'm a I'm a little bit of an optimist, Jade. I like to think that, you know, a lot of companies do things uh, because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, even if you're not, even if you're just a, a, a hardcore capitalist or you know, you're just interested in business, there are positives and upsides to just incorporating sustainability initiatives around sustainability and in, and environmentalism business just for the mere efficiency that it builds into your system, as well as you know the quality of the of the product or the outcomes, the better outcomes that you get um, by doing that. I suppose, though, it could be considered a business continuity concern because long-term resilience is often overlooked due to you know, understandable pressure to focus on short-term goals and profits. So in reality, it is something you need to do so that your business can survive. Yeah, absolutely. But there is no, there, there really is no short-term, in, in my opinion, Jay, there really is no short-term payoff on doing sustainability. I mean, it's really looked at as a long-term endeavor that mm. ultimately, you know, it helps a company to grow, become more scalable, and really to survive for the long term. So, you know, if there's any company or if there's any companies or people out there that are saying, I don't want to do this because it's not profitable, profitable for me, I, I think they're really taking a short-sighted approach to it that, you know, Doing some type of sustainability program, whether it's a complete audit from the top down or even looking at where you can do the most, have the greatest impact in the short term, ultimately has more of a long-term lasting effect and benefit for the company. I mean, if you take it down to the very basics, for example, with marigolds, if you pick all of them and don't replant, then suddenly you've lost your supply. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, aside from the sun and 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 uh, well, solar energy uh, and wind. There's you're looking at finite resources, and it's not just us as OmniActive who's using marigolds for our product, as an example. There's competitive forces that we deal with. There's other companies using these materials. So again, from a business case 
the more efficient you can come at something, uh, the more you can build sustainability with that, the better you are positioned for a longer longer term success. And Jade, I'm not just talking about resources in the context of things we take out of the earth or we pull mm. from the air. You know, resources are people too. And, you know, looking at your, the vendors, the suppliers, people within your company, those are a resource that also has to be fostered and cultivated. Uh, because again, the stronger you can build those relationships, partnerships, the better you, off you are in the long term, and that payoff gradually, it basically pays itself back over the long term. That's one of the two things I really want to drill down on in a little bit. But just to start in general, where should a company look first when implementing change across the supply chain? I guess it's it's a difficult question to answer only because, well, let me, let me back up, Jay. I think maybe the easiest thing this, to approach this is, you know, from the OmniActive's perspective, we're a vertically integrated company. Mm-hmm. So for our products like Ludamax 2020, we really kind of, we control the process from you know, the seed development program of our non-GMO seeds right up to our finished product. So for us, it's very easy for us to kind of constantly look at our supply chain and our system and see where we can constantly make improvements. Now, understanding that there's not, not every company is uh, hooked, uh, linked in from from the beginning to the end. There are still opportunities within a company that they can make changes that have impact. So I think starting with something as easy as looking at where are the short term, where, you know, look at the low hanging fruit, essentially, where can Mm -hmm. you look at um, to make, have the greatest impact within your company first um, to have those short-term benefits, and then really just build out from there. Look at developing a plan that um, looks at what other companies have been doing and apply them to your plans. It's important that, again, it's not looking at just a short-term perspective of this. It has to be considered as a long-term investment. That's not only going to help with your corporate image, obviously, but it's also going to help with your with the environment, your vendors, and the bottom line. So to answer your question, Jay, I think it's really start small. You know, you know, as the old cliche goes, you know, start local, think globally. Look at where you can make those changes first. A company can make those changes first within their own wheelhouse, within their own company, and then start working slowly out from there. We'll come back to company image and reputation in a second, but the two biggest considerations for me when I consider sustainability would be energy use and emissions, and then ensuring safe working standards and guarding against unethical practices. Um, Are they two of the low-hanging fruit, would you think? Uh, Yeah, I I think, you know, again, if we we look at from a perspective of any company within their own, uh, within their own departments, very easy to look at from a manufacturing perspective. Are we using equipment, energies, or resources most efficiently? Um, and are we using people or do we have people within departments that we're using efficiently, that they're, they're working to the best of their abilities, and they're working within environments that are both safe and conducive for their growth? So absolutely, I think, you know, those are, I would consider them, you know, that uh, a short-term start that would definitely have that big impact within a company. And that's something you could probably see within you know, one to two or several years of of um, affecting uh, affecting business growth and 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 uh, having a, a good impact on there. Outside of that, it becomes I think 
it becomes more involved and difficult when you then start looking within your supply chain and looking at other companies that you're dealing with that might not necessarily be in the same country that you then setting up those systems in place, then going out and making sure that they meet the same standards that you adhere to. So I think, you know, first establish those standards, set yourself up as, you know, what it is, what standard do we set our uh, set for ourselves and then apply that across your supply chain. And do that, my opinion would always be, do that slowly and do it methodically just so it doesn't become so over. I think both of those things tie in so well to the storytelling that's really appealing to consumers, especially millennial consumers nowadays. People want to hear where their stuff came from and they want to have the story in the background to their product, which feeds into the farms and the, uh, the factories and then all the sustainability work that a company's doing. And so how important do you think sustainability is to consumers? But I think, Jade, you just summed it up perfectly. You know, with millennials, as an example, there was a recent a poll that was uh, conducted showing that about 75% of millennials factor in sustainability into their decision-making when it comes to buying products. And even, you know, the older generation, the boomers, um, more than half of them uh, will pay more for products that they know have been either sustainably sourced or it has some type of, a quote, fair trade um, story behind it. So from a consumer's perspective, it is becoming increasingly important for uh, for consumers and their path uh, when, they, you know, in their decisions to purchase a product. People just aren't buying products anymore. They're essentially buying the stories that are behind those products. And the more compelling or attractive that is for uh, a consumer, they're more likely to align themselves with that brand as long as it resonates with their internal value. So it's, it's, it is important and it is becoming increasingly important. And it's even going outside of, you know, the industry, the natural products industry that we currently see it in. We're seeing this across all types of different industries uh, through the mass market channels as well. That people are becoming more and more interested or concerned uh, about sustainability and they want to contribute to have a, a positive contribution to that and the way they see it is through purchasing. I mean, that makes complete sense, doesn't it? You can't keep yourself healthy without keeping the planet and people healthy as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I remember when it was just easy to talk about being organic, you know, and mm. not that far, it's not that far off. And, you know, as we see, that story is evolving that, you know, organic is important, but also you know, how is this affecting the farmers and the people who are on the, the back end of basically every supply chain? Um, and how are companies really helping to contribute to the health and uh, health and prosperity of those people? Fair trade is, is, a, is a, almost a kind of a, you know, uh, a, a, a phrase that is almost a necessary phrase now when it comes to things like coffee or chocolate, as an example, you know? So it's, 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 it's very important for consumers and it's, and it's coming bigger every day. Brian, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jade. To learn more about sustainability in the nutraceutical and functional food industry, visit our website, vitafoodsinsights.com. Follow us on Twitter at VF underscore insights. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening to today's podcast brought to you by Vitafoods. 
For additional podcasts featuring industry leaders and experts, visit naturalproductsinsider.com.